friends, I'm Stephanie Wessel. Welcome to Messy Talk. Here in this space is where we get messy. Mental, emotional, spiritual self-reliance work is literally a mess. When you start to wade into the aspects, either one at a time or all at once, life can get and feel very messy. Here, you will find the space to have the conversations about navigating yourself through the mess and into the truth of how strong, capable, and messy you really are. Let's get honest. Let's get real. Let's get Let's messy. Get messy. Coach Jason Stewart just finished his ninth year at SDA. Coach Stewart has led the Mustangs to the Avocado League Championship in 2022, the CIF San Diego Division III quarterfinals in 2018 and 19, the semifinals in 2021, and the championship game in 2022. This was SDA's first CIF title since 1965, which included earning a trip to the state tournament. During his tenure and what I consider to be the most profound thing that you've done is that your team has carried an average of unweighted GPA of 3.76. Coach Jason Stewart, welcome to Messy Talks. <laughs> well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, uh, it's my pleasure. I'm honored having known you for so long. It's great to see you uh, be able to, to express yourself and, and um, enjoy what you're doing. And it's awesome. Absolutely. The whole point of Messy Talks not only was to talk about people's honest, real life moments, but also to highlight just the good that my people are doing. And I consider you my people, one of the longest friends we've had as a couple, uh, my husband and I, you did a reading, a scripture at our wedding, and you did the prayer over our dinner for all of our guests. So to say that you come with a lot of respect to this show, sir, you come with a lot of respect. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm honored. I'm so interviewing, like, just so you guys know, I had to put in like a media request form, otherwise known as a text that said, Coach Stewart. <laughs> I know that you're inundated with media calls at this moment, but Messy Talk Podcast would love to get our hands on you for an interview. So, Coach, we're going to talk about it. The season. (laughs) You finished this year with the Mustangs at 20 and 8. You were the outright Avocado League champs at 16 and 7 during the season and 7 and 1 in league play. This is the first outright championship in 57 years. 1965, SDA won their other league championship and CIF championship in the same year, 1965. So you guys have accomplished in this year something that the school has not done in 57 years. You did it with six seniors, John and James Hapgood, Owen Isaacson, Jackson Garner, Vaughn Peters, Zach Jolson. Can you tell me what made this group special wow yeah yeah that's that's a big question first you're right i mean 57 years is an amazing amount of time uh you'll talk about a drought right like that's that's a definition of a drought um but there's been some good seasons in between i mean you talked about some of the lead-ups that we had to get to a championship 
we were in the semifinal game uh, uh, previously and, and um, before that quarterfinals. So it's been a lot of teams that have been combining to get to this place. So you may have heard me say before that, you know, this team realizes that they stand on the shoulders of those that come before them. I believe it was in 2012 that the school had a, a pretty decent run. Also, they may have shared a championship with uh, one of one of uh, someone, you know, another team in their league at that time. But um, yeah, an outright championship, 57 years, things looked a lot different in our country at that time. Um, San Diego, for sure, as far as, you know, what's developed around and how many schools are in existence now and just so much. It's hard to really imagine the day and the times. And um, I guess the magnitude of the championship, right? Like what it means for the school, what it means for these players. This is a special group. You know, I think about our 97 championship at Arizona uh, right now. My teammates are the only national champions in men's basketball at the University of Arizona. And there's been a lot of talent that came through that program before and after that championship. So I would say to win a championship takes a certain level of, um, some people may say luck or divine intervention is probably what I would say. Uh, so when I look at this group, I just know that they, they really love each other. They really um, would rise to the occasion as far as coming together through adversity. In some cases, people experience adversity and they tend to get in their own head these guys leaned on each other uh, and came came closer in adversity, which was visible. And it made some of the younger guys, as you mentioned, seniors, it made some of the younger guys, it was a model for them and uh, on, on how to keep your composure, how to move forward. Um, and so that that was really helpful to have a seasoned group of guys around us who could lean into each other uh, and could show the way for the younger guys. Sure. I mean, you don't get a seasoned group though, without putting in the seasons and, you know, coming from the background of being your friend, I've seen the background of what you do every year, year round outside of your season to create the culture that you wanted within your players. You're not just a man who says, this is what we're going to do, writes it on the wall and walks away. You're a man who lives by example, who has lived through Arizona basketball, who has lived through great coaching, who has modeled his family, his faith and his friends on who you stand for. And you've brought that person to SDA and how lucky is SDA to have somebody like you. I'm glad that you got the recognition that you got this year as being the CIF San Diego section champion or coach of the year. Congratulations, Coach Stewart. But like that to me was something that you were destined to be with just who you are when you show up in the gym. So as a friend, it was really nice to see you finally get the recognition that you should get every day for showing up because you show up all the way. Um, that's <clears throat> very kind, uh, probably too kind. I I guess the way I see it, Steph, is I'm... I'm 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 a man like any man trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way to attack this thing called life, right? You guys have known me for some time. You've seen ups and you've seen challenges in my life. You guys have been instrumental in helping me to to get through some of those challenges as well uh, as as I've come to this place where I am now. But I say all that to say that I'm by no means perfect. I I just I'm trying to do what I know and trying to get better so that I know more things. 
right? Like that's what it is. I've been I've been coaching for 20 years, uh, 20 plus years. If you talk about going all the way back to Arizona when I coached the high school out there. And so every year it's about learning more about yourself. It's about learning more about the people that you serve and sharing your knowledge with them. Uh, basketball has just been my fishing pole, right? If, if, if we're, it's the way that I, that I catch people and I get, get a chance to speak uh, uh, into their lives and serve them, but it'd be no different than let's say my wife, who's a nurse. And, you know, it's because of her practice and her study in nursing that she's able to build relationships and share, you know, with people going through times in their lives. And I guess that's the way I see this. It's just that the community that I'm serving is at a <clears throat> very vulnerable age an impressionable age. And I'm just trying to help them get to the next spot, right? Like when they get done with me, they're going to go either to college or they're going to go get a job somewhere in the real world. And, and then um, hopefully they'll have enough rooted in them that they have some direction, but they may need another, another teacher, right? Whether that's a professor in school, whether that's a business mentor, um, I'm just trying to provide guidance like someone did for me, right? Have friends just like you guys were for me as I continue to march through this thing called life. I think it's amazing. And I think it speaks wonders like uh, one of my all time best memories, if you will, of this entire season. And we spoke about this before we started recording was just hearing your interview after the CIF game in which your team won. You were holding your son, Everett, who is my nephew. So just so you know, my nephew, your son. And you said, long time coming for this community, for this school. I'm happy for the alumni, all of the players that played to get us to this point. These boys don't do it alone. They do it on the shoulders of all the alum that have come before them. And they know that. We have a certain set of core values that really demonstrate that. And I'm so proud of them for upholding those values. It's not our win. It's the community's win. And I couldn't be more proud of the boys for putting Encinitas back on the map. Coach Stu, while holding his son. I think it was like a beautiful moment for me because my son was there. You know what I mean? Like my son and his friends came. My husband would drive a bunch of young boys who are looking to hoop for you one day and they would cheer their hearts out. My daughter's got the pom-poms and they're going down there during halftime and shooting around. And I'm thinking, this is what I want our life and legacy for our kids to be. Watching their uncle coach the school that they're this down the street from their house to a championship game. They don't know the difference between the NBA championship game that they just saw versus, you know, the SDA boys ones. Like they know their uncle won the ship. You know what I mean? Like that's some big time stuff for these third and fourth grade boys. And just the legacy that you set down when you decide to build into a community and decide to work with the young players and to decide that we can win these games, but we also win in the classroom. That 3.76 GPA over the course of your tenure as a coach is amazing. And it stands for what you said, like basketball might be the vehicle that might get them where they need to be, but like we're creating the entire driver here, the entire person that's going to step out into not only basketball, but to the workforce, to the marriage market one day, to parenthood eventually, if that's down the line for them. So like the development of the whole person as a coach, you don't hear about that kind of coach anymore. <laughs> or maybe we don't focus enough as parents or people watching the game to focus on the coach and the culture of these individual programs. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I, I think that it's kind of a, a vicious cycle that our society is in, at least here in the States, 
where coaches feel the pressure to win. And so they'll take any athlete that's got talent and therefore deal with a lot of things that that come with that package. And at least for me, I'm not I'm not that guy. There's a speech that I give at the beginning of every season, which simply says, this is us. Here are our values. Um, and if this is something that that you don't value, if we're not in alignment, then perhaps this is not the place for you. And to be clear what some of those values are, it's just, you know, I believe in, in fostering an environment of teamwork. So there's plenty of collaboration, but we do it respectfully. Um, there is no there's no one person that's that's bigger than the team, including myself and the staff. We have our values above all else. And, you know, you hear me talk about legacy, you hear me talk about community. We're playing for something bigger than ourselves. And so I just think that in a lot of cases, coaches don't get a chance to do that for whatever the reasons are. You know, maybe there's they have such an eye on um, pleasing their AD or pleasing the, the community that, you know, we make these promises. Hey, you know, you come here, we're going to do this for you. We're going to do that for you. The reality is you can't you can't fulfill that many promises. If I promise your kid, he's going to get 20. I promise this kid over here, he's going to get 20. I promise this kid over here, he's going to get 20. And everybody's going to, it takes five people at least to start the game. You can't even fulfill five promises. Okay? If five people score 20 points, that'd be 100 points. Now you tell me how many times a high school team is scoring 100 points. You just can't fulfill those promises, right? And that's just the first five guys. And I think that in those cases, the coach doesn't put his foot down and or you're dealing with the group of, of family members uh, that just never slow down and actually think about what is happening here. I often ask myself, or I used to ask myself, like, what, what is that this community wants? And what they want, what they need are two different things. I think that's just life, right? But there's, there's a lot of people who believe in any sport, their kid is going to go D1 and whatever, right? So oftentimes I look at the community that we grow up in, okay, around here. And <clears throat> number one, San Diego is not a basketball mecca, all right? Look at our communities. When you go to the neighborhood parks around here, you don't find full court basketball hoops. Tell me where there's a full court basketball. Up in Carlsbad at Poinsettia Park, you got a full court hoop. Further north up in Carlsbad, there's one um, uh, uh, off the shore, kind of off the 101. And in Sanitas, you won't find them. You find little half courts sometimes. Everything else is in the gym. So with that said, the kids have limited amount of reps that they can get, limited amount of open play, free play. Now, the people who choose to make the decisions to build our parks will tell you sometimes that uh, building parks is not good for the uh, building basketball courts in our parks are not good for the community. It attracts unsavory guests, is what they will say. But yet, they continue to build skate parks. And I have nothing against skate parks. I love skating. I think it's amazing. But I've been to a couple of skate parks and I wouldn't leave my kids alone in a skate park without some adult supervision. But what does San Diego produce? We got a lot of X Games guys out here, right? Because they're getting all those reps. San Diego's great in volleyball because you can go to the beach, you can play, you get a lot of reps. Basketball is just not that here. And until something changes at a grassroots level for kids to be able to go out and play whenever they want to without a gym being open, you got to be realistic. I ask parents to say, hey, when you go turn on, you go watch that UCLA game versus Arizona or, or whatever school that you went to, ask yourself, does my kid look like that? Is my kid moving like that? Now, if your kid is, you're right. Your kid's got a chance. 
to be a D1 basketball player. And then take those rose-colored glasses off and really, <laughs> really look, okay? Because it's, in all honesty, I think when we went to school, it was less than 1%. Less than 1% of the kids who play at a high school level will play at a Division One level. They can play at other Division division schools, NCAA or junior college. Yes, or, at, at the JC level. Yes, Point Loma Nazarene. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so there are some D two and D three opportunities, but even the D two opportunities, when you hear when you talk to coaches, which I do, those are tough to get into. Yeah. Those that's not a walk in the park um, here for San Diego. And so the question, and then if you're going to go to a D two or D three, that means you're paying money. So D one is going to get your full ride, right? And if parents say, "Hey, we got to get a full ride for college," then you need a D one athlete. If you don't have a D one athlete, you're talking D two and D three. Guess what you need? Academics. Yes. And then you need some money. So if we're not going to get a free ride, then why are you so concerned about my kid has to go to this high school over here and, and I've got to transfer my kid out of this situation to that situation? No, what your kid really needs is an opportunity to develop. Mm-hmm. And they need somebody that's going to tell them no every now and again. What? And so when that happens, <laughs> then they have this adversity. And now they got to figure out how to get through that without mommy and daddy coddling them. And it's hard as a parent, right? I mean, especially if it's your firstborn, you've been there for all this time. And now all of a sudden things aren't going the way little Johnny wants them to. What? It's the coach's fault. Johnny, let's get you out of there. I don't know. You know, perhaps I'm sharing too much, but I just feel like for us anyway, our values are such that we want to develop you and we want to work with you even in your hard times. I realize you're going to have hard times in our program, whether you're the star and now you've got to work with some guys who maybe you, you feel like, oh, he needs to be doing more work. He needs, I'm going to ask you to be a little bit more humble. And maybe you're the other guy who thinks you should be getting more playing time. Well, I'm going to ask you to continue to work on other facets of your game to help you get on the court a little bit more. But regardless of who you are, you're going to have some adversity. And that's when we want to come alongside of you and love you and, and help you. And I think that that is why I wanted to highlight you it's such a blessing that you had this championship year and it was so, like I said, earned, but at the end of the day, you've run this program the same since you came into it. And now the fruits of your labor have started to show off in a state of constant instant gratification that happens right now with these, I'm going to do seven push-ups right now. And then watch me just, you know, rule the world. It, it doesn't work like that. And so to hear the refreshing the refreshing aspects of you saying we didn't win this on our own this year. These guys were a great team. They were special, but they did it because of the guys who put in the work before them, for the guys who put in the work before them, all of the community that stood up for these guys during a year that wasn't always roses. Like you said, these challenges during the middle of the season, at the maybe beginning of the season, you had an incident at SDA and being one of two African-American staff members were interviewed for the news Um, homophobic and racial slurs were spray painted on the buildings at SDA and you and your coach your assistant coach are two of the only African-American staff on campus at SDA so they asked you about how that a made you feel that makes you look at the community and you know your response to your team yeah you know um you're right this a lot of challenges happened this year and with regards to that in particular it wasn't the first time Right. This is the first time that it was caught. And it's not just our campus. I mean, you've read the articles and stuff happened at Torrey Pines this year. Things happened over at LCC, um, you know, it's throughout throughout our community. 
The reality is we live in a place where everyone is not accepting and, and, and our goals of diversity as a community just have not completely been met. I would say that for me, I give that context to say that as, as a black man, um, I'm not surprised, right? It doesn't hurt my feelings because I've been dealing with this my whole life. But where I was exceptionally touched and myself and Coach Jackson, my associate head coach, exceptionally touched it was that we had young men. You talk about those seniors. We had young men that decided this is not acceptable in our community. And our players, and particularly Owen Isaacson, who's our, our leading senior, been with me for four years, said, Coach, we're going to have a meeting, just players. And they decided to get together and say, we want our voice to be heard and let the campus know and our community know that this is not going to happen here. Um, and so what evolved out of that was a social justice night in which we had a game that the boys dedicated to diversity and inclusion and to stand against the, the threats of diversity in our community. To me, that's what love looks like. That's what love looks like. And when you, you risk something, when you don't have to. See, those kids that I coach, Owen and some of these other guys, they don't look like me. That threat was not geared towards them. They are uh, white heterosexual men, but they believed that it was a threat against me. And so, you know, we talk about this, uh, I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. or someone else who had a quote that said, you know, a, a, a threat against democracy anywhere is, is, is uh, or a threat against democracy is a threat against democracy everywhere. Uh, forgive me if I'm butchering the quote. Um, but when you know something is wrong and you don't do anything about it, then you become the, like the coward or you're not loving the way you should be loving. I think that in a marriage, if someone is an attack against your husband, you're not going to sit quiet in that attack. You know, you're going to step up and be like, yo, you can't talk about that's my husband. That's that's someone I that's my family. That's what happened for us. And I'm most proud of this group for that. Sure. We did some amazing things. We won a championship, you know, avocado league championship. Owen was first team on that. We won uh, the CIF championship. But the display of love, that's carrying way further than anything else, in my opinion, you talk about community. Uh, that's the example uh, of young men that we have here at SDA. And that's the example of men that they are following at SDA. Oh, so, Coach crazy. Stewart, I leave you with a quote from Coach um, from the Coast News. Since arriving at San Diego Academy in 2014, head coach Jason Stewart has quietly been building a new culture for the varsity boys basketball program, but it is not quiet anymore. Coach Stu, thanks for getting messy with us today. Congratulations on an amazing season to the, to the Mustangs and to you. And here's to many more talks and getting after it. Thanks, Coach. Hey, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Mental, emotional, spiritual self-reliance work is messy and ongoing. I appreciate you showing up and trusting in yourself enough to know that you were made for this. If you'd like to learn more about Messy Talk, you can find me on Instagram at messy underscore talks, or you can find me at www.yourinfinitelifeonline.com under coaches. I'm Stephanie Wessel. Thank you for being messy. See you again next time on Messy Talk.